Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. I think some people are open to seeing things and some people aren't. You know, a lot of people probably get scared about it and they just shut it out because they don't want to deal with it. They don't believe in those other dimensions. I think there's a lot of unforeseen stuff out there that if you care to see it, you will. I was going to college for the first time, and the first college that I went to was in Boston at Emerson College. It was the first time I was ever in school, so of course my parents were like, you have to stay in a dorm. And when I got there, and I'd never been to Boston before, um, there was this really beautiful old building. Supposedly it was like built in the turn of the century in like 1890s. Supposedly like Eugene O'Neill lived and died in that building. And it was very beautiful. It had those kind of, you know, towers on the, on the corners and it's huge. It just had this otherworldly sort of vibe to it. And I, I you know, I, I had come from California. So I wasn't used to such old buildings. I was happy to be there, and I found a lot of the times, like, I would start exploring the place because it was huge. You'd walk down the halls, and it definitely had a vibe there. I kind of had a smell and a vibe. I remember one night, you know, I was just kind of walking around, and I found, as I, you know, went through this weird staircase and another staircase... Around the corner, I found this completely closed-up old ballroom. There was the ball, I and mean, it was just like the, the ballroom in The Shining when he goes and has drinks. And it was so beautiful, but really creepy. And at a certain point, I started getting a little freaked out, thinking, wow, I'm here alone. And actually, it started feeling a little bit creepy. It, it was like, it was like, whoa. Like, you could just feel that there were ghosts everywhere. You could just sense it. So that's how I made my way out of there. And I remember trying to tell my friends about it. And they were like, what place? And so I tried to find my way back to it. And I could never find my way back. I never found the ballroom again. There was an RA on the floor, this cute guy. He was very, like, Dutch-looking. He had blonde hair, and all the girls thought he was really cute. <laughs> and one night, um, one of my roommates, her boyfriend, was visiting. So <laughs> we let them have the room. And I ended up with my other roommate staying in the RA's room. There's two beds. It wasn't a strange thing that people stayed in different rooms, you know? It was almost more like, you know, a big party going on all the time. It was our first year at school. And he was like, oh, yeah, you guys can stay with, in my room tonight. 
so it wasn't a big deal. And I remember it being freezing in there. It was really, really cold. And I remember I was so cold, I slept on my stomach, kind of like, you know, all smushed up like that. His room was definitely had this, it's almost like this perceptive, like, there's this inaudible hum. I don't know, it's really hard to explain. And in the middle of the night, I remember kind of opening up my eyes and it was really quiet in the room. And over his bed, I saw, it was almost like, as my eyes started to focus, it was like a milky white sort of filtered light. But then as I kept, you know, as your eyes adjust in the dark, as I continued to look at it, it was like a little girl. I mean, she must have been like 10 years old in a little dress. She had blonde hair, kind of uh, wavy, almost old fashioned looking. I just, I was in shock and stayed very still. And she was just caressing him as he was sleeping. And she was like rubbing his back over his like butt to his legs, but like very, almost like as if he were an animal or like a, a cat or a dog or something. Very sweet. And she just felt so um, lonely and kind of sad. There was a real like kind of sadness and like a kind of a comfort petting my friend. He was so still in that room. And at some point, she saw me looking at her because I was very still. I was just watching her. And as she did that, I remember we kind of looked at each other. We, you know, she just stopped and then she faded away. It's like she didn't realize someone else was in the room because he usually stays in that room by himself. And, you know, as soon as she realized I was there, she went away. She definitely, when she sensed me because her face kind of shifted over to mine. We made eye contact, and then it just faded. It was a, it was a definite slow fade. She slowly evaporated. And in the morning, I remember waking up, and I said to him, I said, you know, dude, I saw this, like, little girl here last night. And he started telling us this story about, he's like, every night, like, this this ghost is in my room and I was like dude like she was like like stroking your backside and he almost turned red he almost kind of got a little bit embarrassed I think he was really kind of relieved that someone else actually was confirming his story he said it went on all the time I definitely got the sense that she was really like in love with him just happy he was there we started doing research or we were told that the hotel it is known as the haunted hotel. There was a lot of deaths in that building. There had been a flood in the basement where they used to keep horses. And the caretaker of the horses had drowned. I think it was the sixth floor, but um, someone had hung themselves on one of the pipes. They called it the suicide room. There was the little girl who lived in that room with her parents and they had all died. 
mother and father and little girl they had died in a fire. And it made sense to me because it just seemed like she was just getting comfort, like she was lost. And so maybe she was staying there, you know, waiting for her parents to come back. The thing that was interesting about her um, was she looked like she could have been this guy's daughter. They had the exact same coloring almost like she thought it was her father or she was looking for that sort of father figure. I mean, I don't look at this energy as evil at all. You know, I think this little girl was just lost and confused and waiting for her parents to come and take care of her. You know, I don't think there's anything evil about her at all. If anything, you just kind of feel sad for her. If there's a traumatic death, if there's a sudden death and the and the spirit gets confused. I think sometimes the ghosts or the people, they don't pass over because they don't even know what's happened yet. So they're just trying to find their way. Either they're stuck in that place where they were murdered or they're trying to find their way back to what they know. I mean, God, you just want to take her and let her move on so she's not stuck there for all eternity. the author of House of Fire and Whispers, Investigating the Seattle Demon House. And you're listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, December 11th, 2023, episode 310. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, as always, glad to be back in the hot seat. As far as announcements are concerned, man, everything's going nice and smooth. Christmas is right around the corner. Hopefully you guys are uh, getting your Christmas shopping done. And this Tuesday, a new episode of Aaron's Horror Show with Mr. Aaron Farrell will be out. And this Wednesday, there will not be a new episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas. He's merely taking the week off. We'll see him next week. And yeah, short and sweet. Yeah, everything's nice and smooth over here. It's odd. No snow. Here we are, December. Almost mid-December. And yeah, the weather has been actually pretty nice. (laughs) Uh, I'll take it. So, you know what? Yeah, let's just get on with the show. We're going to do more listener stories, as always. And just for you new guys out there, if you have your own experiences that you want to share with the world, just send it to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'll read it off on a future episode. And you guys know what that means. Oh, yeah. Come on. Say it with me. Say it with me. That's right, too. The story, then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving, and the fires are blazing nice and toasty in here. You guys know the deal. Grab a beanbag over there in the corner, find an empty spot on the floor, and while you guys are doing that, get behind my desk here, get nice and comfy, and I printed off Britt's packet, and let's see what stories uh, she picked out for us today. Hmm. Okay. 
Well, looks like we'll get a short one, a medium one, and a long one. Okay. Let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. So good when it hits the lips. All right. The first one. This one is by Veronica, and it's titled Toy Phone. Okay, Veronica. Let's see what you got, man. This happened when I was about five or six years old. My sister and I were in our bedroom one night, and I was playing with a toy phone. Just a, a little plastic thing. Might have even been my baby brother's. I said hello into the receiver and clearly heard a man's voice say hello back, right into my ear. The voice wasn't creepy or ghostly. It sounded like the normal, friendly way an adult would say hello to a little kid. But I was still terrified, of course, and ran to tell my parents. I even asked my dad if he said hello, but he hadn't. Honestly, can't remember what they said after that, but probably something reassuring. As I got older, I kept trying to tell myself that it was just the normal active imagination of a kindergartner. Even though my imagination had always been just about playing pretend with dolls or toys or friends or whatever. But fully aware, I was just playing, as opposed to seeing or hearing things that weren't there. But I can still hear that voice in my head, 55 years later. It didn't sound like anyone I knew and I never heard a voice on that telephone again. Uh, come to think of it, I was so spooked that night that I probably never played with that phone again. But, for some reason, I've always wanted to know if anyone else had ever had that same experience, toy phone and all, or something very similar. Since unexplained things like that have been pretty rare in my life when they have happened, I guess they tend to stick with me. Half of me tries to find a logical explanation, and the other half is just weirded out for a very long time. Thank you. Keep reading the stories. And that's from Veronica. Veronica, thank you very much for sharing. Great story. Uh, you know, I really like this for, uh, for the main reason that here it is. You mentioned 55 years later, and it's still sticking with you. Yeah, we get a lot of stories like that where, um, you know, they, they come on RPA, they want to tell their story, you know, uh, no one knows who you are, we use a nickname, or we use a name that you want us to use, so it's a safe environment, and people are just coming forward with, you know, stories from uh, when they're from the childhood, and it's just, now they're 65 or something like that, and uh, they're just letting it out, and just letting you guys... Uh, you know, hear it. People from around the world just listen to the story. As far as uh, any other stories, I've um, there's only one other story that I know of. I don't think I told it on here. I I believe yeah, I believe I was listening to it uh, on some other show, and it was a celebrity that in his younger before he became a celebrity, you know, his younger teenage years. Um, he grew up in the ghetto, and his buddy was a gangbanger. 
was basically his buddy died. He got shot. And somewhere along the story, he gets a phone call, and he picks up the phone, and it's his dead buddy. And he has this odd conversation with his buddy, and his buddy says, you got to help me. I'm in hell. Something like that. It was just such an odd story, but that's the only one that comes to mind. Do I believe it or not? I don't know. It sounded, uh, you know, the the person, I forgot the celebrity's name, but... Um, he uh, he believed it, and so you know what I know. Perhaps it is pretty interesting, but uh, yeah, it sounded pretty real to, real to you. So uh, you know that's why it stuck with you for so long. You're trying to figure it out. I like how um, you know you, you know when you're pretending with your friends, and you know you're just pretending. You know what's real and what's not real. And you're trying to find a logical explanation after all these years, but you can't. So, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, Veronica, thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, it's a great story. Yeah, I don't know what to think about that. But, hey, you know, we're down the rabbit hole on this show. <laughs> okay, what's next? What do we got? Welcome to Codependence, the weekly podcast that gives you direct access to me, Maya Allen, and my sis, Sierra Miller. Every week, we give you insider access into our sisterhood and lives. Part self-help and part comedic relief, Codependence is all about letting your guard down. Expect a lot of laughs and maybe some tears as we navigate this crazy world together. Join us every Wednesday for this funny, tea-spilling, shade-throwing podcast. This one is by Coffee, and it's titled, Something on the Bed. Okay, Coffee, let's see what you got. Towards the end of 2012, August, maybe September, my family had made the decision to move to the Phoenix area. Since there were two particular areas we were looking at moving to, we took a weekend to spend some time in the area and see which suited us better. This meant we ended up spending a couple nights in a hotel. It ended up being my sister's kids in one bed, her and her husband in the other, and me on the fold-out couch in the front room of the hotel room. I feel like I should note that I've always hated sleeping in total darkness, which the room was. There wasn't a clock available for me to see, so I don't know the time frame on any of this. Aside from knowing I went to bed sometime near 11. At some point in the night, I was woken up by a low hum. My first thought was that it sounded like someone overhead was vacuuming, and that perhaps it was just a hotel cleaning crew doing their job. It occurred to me as I lay there trying to get back to sleep that the humming was getting louder something I attributed to being a case of whoever was vacuuming was moving over the floor directly above me. As I lay there, the sound continues to increase in volume and intensity. Just about when the humming was starting to hurt my ears, the bed shifted. At the time, I was sleeping on my right side with my back to the door. The bed shifted just behind my knees in exactly the same way as having a cat jump onto the bed. I have two cats and have always had cats even from childhood, 
so I'm intimately aware of how it feels when one of them jumps on the bed with you late at night. For half a moment, I was convinced it was my older and heavier cat getting on the bed and walking up towards my pillow to sleep by my head, as he usually does, before I recalled that I was in a hotel room and that my cats were back in my hometown with a friend to look after them. As soon as I tried to roll over, the feeling vanished, but my entire back began to burn, being most intense in a direct line across the small of my back from one hip to the other. I felt the weight lift from the bed as if whatever was moving it had jumped from the bed. I couldn't move, but found myself fixated on a particular spot on the opposite wall where I could just make out a tiny light that was about the size of a laser dot and singular, sitting perfectly still. The humming hadn't ceased at all during this and had gotten to the point where I was certain I was going deaf. I found I couldn't move at all, instead just staring at the wall. I began to silently tell myself that I was safe and gave no power to anything that wished me harm, uh, something my mother taught me to do as a child. I don't remember falling asleep, but I did eventually. When everyone else began moving and waking up around 6 the next morning, I did as well, and realized that there was nothing on the wall I fixated on the night before. No paintings, no TV, no fire alarms, no lamps. Nothing. I have no idea what it was, but there was definitely something in the room with me that night. I just wish I knew what it was. Thanks for reading. And that's from Coffee. Coffee, thank you very much for sharing. Great story. Yeah, sounds like uh, sleep paralysis for uh, for a moment there. You couldn't move. As far as the uh, little pinpoint light, who knows? Maybe a little orb, right? I don't know. But, um, yeah, you felt your uh, bed shift. And like you said, it felt like... Uh, like one of your cats jumping up on the bed. So it's a, a familiar feeling. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting stuff. I'm just wondering if you guys uh, spent a few more nights at that same room and if anything else happened. But um, yeah, who knows? Thank you again for sharing. Yeah, we. Uh, I've read a couple stories here on RPA previous seasons where... Uh, People are feeling uh, something sitting on their beds or, you know, jumping up like an animal or maybe uh, a person sitting down at the foot of the bed, things like that. So it's not really unusual. It's uh, interesting stuff. All right, what's next? What do we got? This one is by Pug Lady, and it's titled The Silhouette. Okay, Pug Lady, uh, let's see what you got, man. This particular incident took place when I was 10 years old. I had been ill and had therefore been sent to bed early by my parents. The illness was nothing major, just the virus that I had picked up from school. Time progressed and I had not been able to fall asleep and so I had been laying in the dark for what seemed to be quite a while, although it was not late as the rest of my family were still downstairs. At this point, 
I like to describe the layout of my bedroom so that you have a clearer understanding of my story. The head of my bed was positioned against my bedroom window, which was situated at the rear of the house. The view from it was of our back garden and of those belonging to the houses behind us. Opposite my bed, at its foot, was my wardrobe, which was tall and wooden with a thin three-foot mirror attached to its panel. It was autumn or winter, I can't remember which, and so the evenings drew in early and it had been dark for some time. I was suffering from the typical sore throat and fever, and as I mentioned already, was trying to settle to sleep but to no avail. At the time, I was in preference to having my bedroom door shut and curtains open. That night was no exception, and I lay on my back in the darkness facing my wardrobe. Without warning, a bright white light, similar to a security light, was projected onto my wardrobe door, bringing along with it a perfect black silhouette of a person from a side profile. I was not sure if it was male or female, which sounds strange, but it was petite with short curly hair. You could clearly see the shape of the person's nose and lips, and it stood in that position for several seconds, possibly even a minute in total. There was no feeling of threat. In fact, there was just mild puzzlement on my part. Sitting up in my bed, I at first assumed that the silhouette belonged to one of our neighbors, who had switched on a light in their back garden before venturing out. I turned around and studied first my neighbor's back gardens and then my own. In all instances, there was no light and nobody at all outside. Baffled, I turned back to the silhouette. It was still there. The only difference was that its head had tilted downwards slightly. Determined to find a logical explanation to the person's presence, I turned to look out the window again. Perhaps the light was bright moonlight and I had failed to see the person outside first time around. Kneeling right at the head of my bed, I had one more look, but again, there was nothing and nobody there. The moonlight that I had suspected, as an explanation for the illumination behind the silhouette, was not there either. There was no moon and it was a cloudy night. I was baffled. Turning the face of silhouette one more time, I studied it, still intrigued by it and keen for an answer as to why it was there. It remained in front of me for several more seconds before vanishing, taking the light with it, as though it had been switched off. I still think about this experience from time to time. What strikes me about it is not only the bold, blatant appearance of the light and silhouette, but the fact that the incident itself seemed totally natural. I've been wondering if the silhouette was somebody who was there for me, looking after me. They wanted me to know as much. RPA is great. And that's from Pug Lady. Pug Lady, thank you very much for sharing. Great story. Ah, you know... Well, this is unique. I never heard of anything like this. You know, I've heard of shadow people, of course, blacker than black, 
you know, especially at night. That's why you can see them. Uh, but uh, you got this light going on, and the thing's not moving, except for, you know, you looked away, you're looking outside, thinking about uh, might be your neighbors turning on the outside light, you know, someone's walking uh, in front of the light, projecting that silhouette. But uh, you turn back, it's still there, and the head is bowed down, so it did move a little bit. I don't know. You did have a fever. You know, you got the flu. And sometimes you can see weird stuff when you're sick. Uh, but then again, it seemed like um, you're still thinking properly. You know, you're just trying to debunk it. You're trying, you know, at one point you thought, well, maybe it's the moon, moonlight, right? But there's no moon. You know, it's cloudy out. And then the thing disappears and it takes the light with it. So it's projecting that light that glow whatever you're seeing it's uh yeah this is unique i never heard of anything like this before interesting stuff and it's uh like i said it's a silhouette 2d not 3d hmm now i know what to think interesting stuff this is the first yeah thanks pug lady good stuff and that's all the stories we have for today as always, we're flattered that you come to the RPA Network, and I'm glad that you're finding something uh, you like, or hopefully you are finding something you like. And just a friendly reminder, Fridays, two new entertaining short films are released, and also we got a new video series called My Paranormal Experience, which comes out on Fridays as well. So Friday is a heavy video day. And again, just go to realparanormalactivity.com or use the RPA app if you don't have the RPA app. Just download it for free. Go to your app store. Do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast network. Stream anytime, anywhere. And with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britt, and it's also made possible by LaFosse Corporation. And man, we love you guys. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you and good night.